This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. We're learning about habits together and making that a habit to start our day. And I want to start by thanking all of you who responded when we asked what habits do you have that you want to break or that you want to form? It was amazing. Over a thousand responses came in and they really helped me think about this topic. And I just want to say, if you wrestle with habits, and I know you do, listen to what we all wrestle with. There's not many of these that I could not relate to. Problems around food or my body or using alcohol or misusing alcohol. Uh, anger, anger management, being critical, self-talk that's negative. Negativity was huge. Tons of us wrestle with that. Um, phone screen time, misusing technology, wasting time was huge. Um, eating or picking at my nails, complaining, judging was off the charts. We apparently are a very judgmental group. Lust, pornography, mindless activity, um, using language in inappropriate ways, not exercising, not caring for my body, not being patient enough with other people, procrastinating. I think there were over a hundred folks who talked about procrastination in one form or another. Um, wasting time, not handling money well, worrying, worrying, worrying. One comment was really poignant to me. One person said, I would be as embarrassed to say what my worst habit is, even in an anonymous survey. And I thought there's so much shame around this. And every one of us experiences this because we get enslaved by something as silly and trivial and mysterious and confusing as habit. So know and be encouraged. You are not alone. We are a mess. We here in the fellowship of the withered hand, I can't do it. We're just a mess. I wish we were all in a room together so we could hear everybody say, me too, me too, me too. That's part of why we're looking at this stuff. Now, it's precisely to people like us that Jesus comes. This is in Matthew, the 11th chapter, I think, verse 28. and says, come to me, all you who labor and you're heavy laden, you're burdened, you're troubled, you're tired. And I will give you rest. And then he says, take my yoke on you and learn from me. For I'm gentle and humble in heart. You'll find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Now, that's an odd paradoxical thing to say. If you're tired, I'll give you a yoke. A yoke is a, an instrument of labor. But he says his yoke is easy. So we're not called to be passive. He doesn't say just come here and lay down for the rest of your life. This is to be a very engaged life. And yet, not defeating, not burdensome, not oppressive to our souls. What is that about? Well, Dallas Willard says that the easy yoke is about learning from Jesus a way of life through which we can be at home with the Father, receive power from the Father. It's opposed to um, trying to grind my way through life by my own limited willpower. Try to do the right thing now. Try to do the right thing now. Try to do the right thing now. That's what's, that's exhausting. That's the hard yoke, laying burdens on people. You got to do this and not giving them any help with how do you become the kind of person who naturally does what is right, who naturally loves, who naturally speaks the truth. And what that's about is habit reformation. 
because God has given us the gift of habit. And when something becomes habitual, then I do it with increasing ease. And it doesn't take a lot of thought or effort or willpower. And I become more effective in it. When somebody is habitually able to play baseball or play the piano, they do it with grace. They do it gracefully. Grace is a sign of habit transformation. But I know, I know, I know, as soon as I talk about habit formation, there'll be some of you, Nancy, I'm talking to you, who say, not me, this sounds like the hard yoke again. The idea that I'm just supposed to be some person who is obsessed with this habit, this habit, and who's gonna tell me what habits I have to do, and what if I don't like them, and it's difficult, and it feels mechanical and robotic. So, let's talk for a moment about habit formation in Jesus' name, with Jesus' way. And I actually want to use uh, work by an author who wrote the book Tiny Habits. He's a Stanford design uh, guy, B.J. Fogg. And he says, when it comes to um, cultivating habits or action, there's always three ingredients. Anytime you take action on something, it will involve uh, these three elements, motivation, ability, and prompt will come together. Motivation is, I gotta wanna do something. And um, the more you want to do something, the more likely it is that it will happen. I have a friend who loves to surf and who loves to ride horses and so does those things recreationally. Now in the doing of them, in that practice, habitual strength is being built up so that it becomes more and more effortless and easy and graceful. But it doesn't feel like habit formation. Why? Because the motivation level is so high. Now, on the other hand, uh, there's ability. Um, the, more that my mo the higher my motivation is, the more likely this behavior or action is to happen. The harder it is to do, the less likely it is to happen. So sometimes I'll hear things that sound like a great idea. My friend Rick is an amazing ability of uh, investment expertise and financial management, just knows this stuff back and forth. And my son-in-law, Zach, is amazing with technology. My friend Chuck can build and create and we wire stuff that would kill me. I would be electrocuted or somebody else would if I tried to do it. I'll listen to him and think, man, I would love to master finances like that or technology like that or mechanics and electronics like that. However... Um, for me, it would be so hard. So motivation and ability, Fox says, are kind of like teammates. The higher your motivation is, the less ability you might have and you'll still do it. The easier something is, the lower your motivation can be. And without prompts, nothing will happen. So here's a little diagram. I drew this out. Uh, we might have something that is a little slicker for you to look at. But uh, Fogg says that habit formation and really understanding our behavior is just this easy. You can put motivation on one axis. It can be really high that I'm likely to do something or really low that I probably won't. And then on the other axis is ability. That is, some task could be really easy to do, then it's much more likely to happen. Or it could be really hard to do, then it's much less likely to happen. And um, so if something is easy to do and my motivation is high, when the prompt for it comes, then that prompt is very likely to be successful and I'll probably do it. On the other hand, if that task is really hard to do and my motivation is really low, then it's probably not going to happen. So 
let's just look at two behaviors with this to make it concrete. And then you can be thinking about how might you want to change one thing, disrupt one bad habit, or begin to cultivate one good one. Uh, Ibu Patel, in an article that I read not long ago, is the founder of the Interfaith Coalition in America. And he talked about how he's an early bird in his family. When he gets up in the morning, so often he just lays in bed and doom scrolls. Just, you know picks up his phone and starts reading bad things. Now, when you think about doom scrolling, that didn't used to be a thing. Now it is. And a lot of people talked about that. You wake up in the morning, your phone is right there. How high is your motivation to just scroll through the phone? Well, it can be quite high. It's kind of addictive. How easy is it to do? It's super easy to do. So that prompt means that in many cases, even though it's not what I really value, it's what I end up doing. So what you might do there is disrupt your ability, make it harder to do. Just put the phone in the other stinking room. And then I got to get out of bed when the alarm goes off. And once I'm out of bed, I'm not going to be doom scrolling in bed anymore. So something as simple as that can disrupt the habit. And, uh, and, and make it less likely that I'm going to do what I don't want to do. And then on the other hand, there may be a habit I'd like to cultivate. So for me, for example, because um, I'm a PN, I'm not a detailed person, not particularly into organization, my office can get real cluttered. I have always loved that old saying, if a cluttered desk is the sign of a cluttered mind, what is an empty desk the sign of? However, there is something about walking into a clean, neat office with a clean desk that feels to me like chaos has been thrust back and my motivation to do work, my sense of freedom is higher. So uh, I'd like to have a cleaner desk. But what I, what I have always found is that when it comes to having a clean office and a clean desk, um, my motivation for it sometimes is high, sometimes is lower, but it feels kind of difficult to do because it takes time. You have to ask what's difficult. It's not, it doesn't take a high IQ to clean it out. It just takes time and often I feel more hurried. So what I want to do then is make it easier to do. And to start with what BJ Fogg calls tiny habits. And so the commitment that I made was I would just put one book away before I would leave my office at the end of the day. And part of what I'm discovering is I have been doing... Uh, trying to build habits wrong for years and years and years in three ways. But I don't have time to tell you what those three ways are today. So I'll tell you that next time. I have been getting it wrong. And it actually can be a quite simple thing to begin to disrupt wrong habits or cultivate right habits in ways that can be quite powerful. And that's part of the easy yoke. So we'll get into what those three dynamics are, where have I been getting it wrong, and how do you begin to get it right? That's the easy yoke. It's to change at the level of habit and to take a look at any particular piece of action and to ask, what's my motivation to do this? And then um, how much ability does it take? How easy or hard is it? And then are the prompts right there where I can see them? So you might think now of one habit in your life that you'd like to um, grow or like to disrupt. And how could you shift, either make it harder to do um, or easier to do or increase your motivation for it or make the prompt more visible or more clear? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Remember, love is habit-forming.
Hi, I'm Tim. Thanks for joining us. You mean so much to us as a community, and we hope that this series helps you build some new habits in your life to help you grow spiritually one day at a time. And we want to hear from you throughout this series. If you have questions, you can put them in the comment box wherever you're watching, or you can email us or text us. And at the end of the series, we're going to sit down with John and talk about some of your questions. For more resources, you can visit becomenew.me. And to spread the word, you can hit subscribe, share this video with a friend, or give us a review on podcasts wherever you're listening. We'll see you next time.